It's good to be together, isn't it? Isn't it good to gather? Amen. It's good to be together in the flesh, and we've, um, we never stop being a church. That's one of the things that is being challenged in this time, and um, if you've been following along on the podcast, um, you would hear me say that many times, and I'm not the only voice saying that, but the church is not a building anyway. I love that we get to gather here together, and gathering is such a crucial part of being the body of Christ, but the church is not uh, just Sunday morning, right? The church is us. It's Christ in us, right? We have become, we are his temple, right? You and I are his temple. We are individually his temple. Jesus is in us individually, and then corporately we are his body, amen? So we are his body, and we are his temple, and the Lord is uh, here with us this morning, but the Lord will be with you when you leave this building, You put your focus on him, you put your eyes on him, you seek the Lord, you search for him, you call on him on your own time. We need to be a people that are calling on him, that are praying, that are fasting. We need to keep going. So I'm just going to get right into this, that the Lord is really uh, calling us, and this is so, so crucial, Uh, things are starting to uh, relax a little bit here in New York, if if you even watch the media Things around the country are starting to get a little crazy, and I have no idea what's going on, and I'm not here to give you the news. But things are starting to relax a little bit in New York, and the real uh, danger that I see is that um, we cannot revert back to normal. I don't want the world's new normal. I'm not saying that that's my new normal. But there's a new normal from the Lord. Everybody say, there's a new normal from the Lord. The Lord is trying to establish a new normal. See, the world is always trying to, the devil's a copycat. Does everybody know that? He's a copycat, so he tries to bring, uh, you know, experiences and feelings and, and the, the whole thing, the whole package of what it really means to be a strong, mature, believing, authoritative Christian. That's what we're supposed to be. And without arrogance, with humility, a Christ, right? Looking like Christ, the image of Christ. We are the reflection of Christ. The devil is going to try to reflect himself through you. But his reflection is going to look so similar to Christ in the sense of the way that Christ does things, not in in righteousness and in evil, right? There's a big difference when you look at the difference between righteous, uh, the righteousness of Christ and the, just the hatred and the evil of Satan, but its format, right? The hierarchy of God and the hierarchy of Satan, they're very, very similar because he's a copycat. All the foreign religions, see, sometimes Christians, we get afraid because someone's had a dream or a vision because the New Age and because other religions started having dreams and visions from Satan. So then Christians throw out dreams and visions because they say, oh, 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 that's New Age, or that's that religion, and that's this religion, and be careful of this and be careful of that. And it's because the devil's a copycat, and he tries to take things from our word, tries to take things of what it means to be a believer, to be in Christ. Am I okay? I'm just going to keep moving, all right? We're going right into this. He's trying to take those things and put it into his worldly system. And this, it's no different right now that we're talking about a new normal in society, a new normal in this world. And that's because Satan is trying to create his world system. We know it's in the Bible. 
And to be honest, if he is successful, I'm not upset 100%. I'm like 90%. But the other 10% is a little bit excited because that means revelation is unfolding and Jesus is coming again. So I'm going to keep praying. We're going to keep standing. It's our job to stand. It's our job to pray. It's our job to be the light in the darkness. But in the meantime, if, if it seems like darkness keeps winning and winning and winning, I don't see it winning. I see revelation unfolding. All right? Amen. So the Lord is really calling us right now not to get lax. That's what I'm trying to say. The Lord's new normal is really an old normal. <laughs> Everybody say the new normal is an old normal. See, if we go back to the book of Acts, we go back to the Bible, we go back to what it means to be a believer, be, means to be a Christian, there was once a time where the Christian didn't care that they were called weird. The Christian didn't care that they were ostracized. The Christian didn't care that they were not accepted in society. In fact, the Christian, it was completely normal Come on, guys, say normal. It was normal for the Christian to be arrested. It was normal for the Christian to be beaten. It was normal for the Christian to be cast out of society and not to be accepted. The devil wants the new normal. He wants the Christian to be just like the world. And right now, come on, I didn't want to get into this, but I just feel an unction from the Holy Spirit. The devil right now is throwing out a smokescreen. And what he's going to try to do, just be aware. Listen, this is from the Holy Spirit. Be aware. The devil's going to try to get Christians focused on the wrong things right now. The things that don't really matter. They're sideline issues that maybe they matter yesterday and maybe they'll matter in the future. We can debate them for the rest of time. But this is a very crucial moment in time. This is a 911 emergency church. It's not just because we have an election coming up. The world is literally crumbling around us. There are so many things happening behind the scenes, but what you're actually seeing is nothing. The things on the surface are nothing. These mask guys, I'm sorry, I, I told myself, I was like, I'm not touching it, but I have to do it. I'm sorry, it's from the Holy Spirit, it's not me. These masks are a facade. Don't fight over this. This means nothing. Just, uh, just from your pastor, from this church, just for a little while. Listen, if they tell me that I can't speak the name of Jesus, then I'm going to rebel. And that's on the podcast. That's on the internet. I don't care. That's okay. I'm all right with that. If they tell me I can't preach Christ, then I'm going to rebel. Tell me I got to wear a mask for a little while, so be it for a little while. If it becomes that that mask equals me not preaching Christ, then we're going to have an argument. All right? So I'm not, you can have your own opinions about what's going on in the media, what's going on with the mask. That's fine. But you're going to have to just push it aside for a little while, a little bit longer. Just push it aside and focus on what really matters right now. There is an enemy at our gates. The devil is is storming, and I mean, in so many ways, too. There's in, in so many facets. Has anybody noticed the weather? Uh, not just because we had a little bit of rain, but even the weather worldwide is starting to, to shake up again. Things are shaking financially. Things are shaking in the weather. Things are shaking with, with, uh, with, uh, uh, with nations, right? India and China, they're, they're battling over their borders suddenly. The whole world is, that's the real issues. 
And we must be really, really serious about this time and realize that the sideline issues, it's not that they're invalid, it's just that they're not important right now. I'm not saying that, that, that you, don't, you can't spend some time and, and wonder, you know, what this one's doing and the elites are doing. Fine, you want to do a little bit out in your own time and put some pieces together in the chessboard, that's fine. I just don't think you should spend too much time on those things. Because meanwhile, the devil's got our smoke screen. He's got us focused on, on what, uh, what uh, Donald Trump is doing. And I love him. That's okay. You can get offended at that or you can love that. But you can be focused on what he's doing, what he's not doing. You could be looking at Bill Gates. Meanwhile, the devil's over here just doing whatever he wants. We need to put that aside and just say, Lord, I pray for them. Put your grace on them. I pray your love. I pray mercy. I pray favor around them. And Lord, you, you move their plans, even if they're evil, if they're good, they're good, but they're not God. You move them in your way, and I need to put that aside. And Lord, God, I pray for this nation. I pray for my society. I pray for this land. That's what we need to be praying for. Pray for our family. Pray for our children. We don't pray now. The next generation is not going to have a USA. Listen to me. It'll be marked in time. Now with this new di digital age, it'll be marked that I said it. And I'm not the only one saying it. The USA is on its way out if we don't keep praying. It's, it's literally crumbling before us right now. And it's not mass, guys. It's, that's not it. That's nothing. Just get your eyes. Right now, we need to get our eyes on the Lord. Get our eyes on the cross of Christ and on the seriousness of the times we're in. If that comes, if that's what happens, and we have done everything we could do to stand against it, then so be it. At that point, we're going to move with the Lord. We're going to move into eternity. We're going to move into his plan that was written before time in his word. Eventually, it does come crumbling down. Our job is not to help it come down. Our job is to walk with Christ and be the light until our light is out. The only way your light is out, you're not on this earth anymore. That's it. We're to be light as long as we're on this earth. That's our job. We need to be focused on that. Be focused on being the light on this earth. And if we're all mixed up in all this other stuff, we're missing it. It's not, we don't have time for that. There is no time to be worried about what the devil is doing. We need to focus on what the Lord is doing because what the Lord is doing will crush the plans of the enemy. You can't stop the devil. You can research for 23 and a half hours and get 30 minutes of sleep a day all you want to the rest of your life. You're not going to stop the devil. And to be honest, Bill Gates could care less. And you can get on social media and you could write up paragraphs and pages and books against Bill Gates. He doesn't care. But you get in prayer and all of a sudden... This man who has power, I, I don't know why I'm going to Bill Gates. Today. I had no intention of doing that. No intention of that. But all of a sudden, just, I'm just because he's a big player right now that everybody's freaking out about. But all of a sudden, this big player, you know, all of a sudden his power is powerless. Our prayers, we get in line with the Lord and we begin to pray. Come on, do we believe our word? There were nations, these nations that came against Israel. You realize how little and insignificant Israel really is in the scheme of things? And that God has sustained this nation even to present day. God has sustained this nation even to present day. 
won't let this nation be completely destroyed. Even at times where Israel, it seemed like it disappeared for almost 2,000 years. And there they are again, a nation right there, literally right there. And, uh, and it's debatable, but possibly the second most powerful military uh, in the world. That's debatable, I'm sure. Where, how does that happen? You realize that Egypt was the most powerful nation in the world. And in one day, their power was gone. In one day, when they stood with the, with the Lord, when they stood with God, they stood there on that Red Sea. And, and we just mentioned it last week. But they stood there against that Red Sea. And it was death. There's death. There's no way to cross. And this army is coming. What did we do? We let them go. Should have never let them go. That's it. We're going to end this thing for good. We're going to kill them or bring them back in captivity once and for all. And the Lord not only delivers them supernaturally. Come on, do we realize we have a supernatural God? I think in our 21st century, we forgot that God is supernatural. We forgot that God sent the Holy Spirit into Christians. Come on, and we can't be worried about it. I don't want to be weird, and we don't need to try to be weird. But the Holy Spirit is real, and the Holy Spirit is moving in this season. I'm getting way ahead of myself because I'm just trying to punch it out. We might be done in less than 35 minutes at this pace, trying to keep it maybe 35 minutes so you're not wearing these things so long. It might be even less. But uh, I felt from the Holy Spirit that he's always moving. He's just less noticeable sometimes. The Holy Spirit is not, he doesn't come and go in seasons. He just makes himself known in seasons. And you know what's ironic is the season where he's moving the most, the world doesn't even notice. The Holy Spirit just impressed on my heart. He said, remember Jesus. And like, okay, of course, remember Jesus. <laughs> but remember Jesus when he walked on the earth. We're talking about the time that had been prophesied from, from Genesis all the way up to these thousands of years later. Here he is. Here's the answer. Here's the Redeemer. Here's the Son of God that we've been waiting for. And they nailed him to a cross. Isn't that insane? I mean, are the words going to fulfill? I mean, there's a fulfillment. There's prophecy. <laughs> That, that had to come about. There are prophecies that, that need to come about, but I don't believe that the Lord, there's two schools of thought. One is that you don't have a will, and one is that you have a will, and that, you know, they had to put them on the cross. They had no choice. I refuse to believe that. I believe we have a will, that, that the Lord gave them the choice to receive them, but he knew, and his plan worked, because eventually they put him on the cross because the, the, the sheep, right, one week they got palms before him. The next week it's crucify him. Sheep all got together and they just followed each other. And come on, guys, tell me that's not prophetic for the season we're in too. One week they're playing palms before his feet. Come on, that's how quickly the things change, seasons change. And, but one week later they're putting him on a cross. But the Bible says that there was a people that had eyes to see and ears to hear. We, I talked about that in one of my podcasts a few, um, a couple of months ago now, uh, Blind Bartimaeus. There were eyes to see and ears to hear. It's not just the disciples, but there were thousands on a hillside and thousands here in this city, and, um, and, and, and they received from him. They were actually able to 
not only received something, but they, they, I mean, not only did they see him, but they received something. Their eyes were open, their ears were open, and God gave them something that no one else got because of, their, because of the stubbornness and because of the blindness. And this is what I want us to get. The Holy Spirit is moving right now, and I don't want us to miss him. It's so subtle. See, the devil is subtle. The devil is subtle, and this is how he works. And he just moves a generation, right? Watch your TV. Go ahead and go find some, 90s te- find some 70s television. Find some 90s television. Find some television today. It's like NC-17 on TV today compared to 1970s television, right? (laughs) That's the subtlety. But I believe the Holy Spirit right now is also moving in a subtlety. It's very subtle. It's actually very powerful and very strong to those that are listening. So those that have their eyes and their ears open to the Holy Spirit, it's very, very strong. If you've been feeling a pull in your spirit, don't give up. Hold on. Don't fear. Trust in me. I'm doing something. I'm going to move this darkness to the side. I'm going to pierce this darkness. I'm going to do something, and I want you to be a part of it. Come on. If you've been hearing that in your spirit, you've been, your eyes are open, your ears are open, but it's very subtle to the world. It's very, very subtle. In fact... I do have some scriptures. I'm just preaching away. I have some scriptures here to back these, these thoughts up that the Lord has got going here this morning. But uh, the Lord spoke to me just quickly. In Haggai chapter 2, it says, in Haggai 2 verse 3, it says, Does anyone remember this house, this temple, and its former splendor? How in comparison does it look to you now? The NLT says in Haggai 2, verse 3, it must seem like nothing at all. There was a foundation that was laid. There was this foundation to what was a great and magnificent and glorious temple once. Solomon built a temple. Uh, it's been calculated that the amount of gold and silver, etc., jewels, we're talking in the billions upon billions upon billions of dollars that Solomon spent in building this temple. And it was completely demolished. It was completely torn away. Everything was stolen. There's nothing left. And the Holy Spirit is speaking today. We must not look at the old temple any longer. We must not look, and I'm also going to go into the, I'm just going to get right into it. Also going to look at the wineskin. We must not look. We must, if we're looking at what seems like nothing is happening, the church seemed like, see, the world thought the church was shut down for four months. The devil thought he shut the church down for four months. And you know what happened for four months? Real Christians started praying harder. That's the real church. Meanwhile, while the buildings were shut down, the actual church, the real church, real Christians. I'm not saying God doesn't care about those people that come on Sundays. He loves those people. God loves the whole world. I don't care what anybody says. He loves every single one. He loves the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst sinners. He loves them. Doesn't mean they're going to go to heaven, but that's not God's doing. He loves them. He's given Jesus' blood for them just as much as he's given it for us. He loves this world. But meanwhile, there is a real church 
There's a false church, there's a Sunday church, and then there's a real church. That's sad, but that's a truth. Everybody say that's a truth. That's a real truth. The Bible calls it a remnant. And that's exactly what's happening here in Haggai. In fact, it's happening, I'm going to maybe look at it, but I'll just mention it in Joel 2. And in the new wineskins, that's what's happening. There's a remnant. There's a, there were the people, the Israelites. Everybody say the Israelites. But then there were the followers of Christ. Suddenly, being an Israelite was irrelevant. Suddenly, the fact that you were born a Jew was irrelevant. Just like that, the Lord changed. Come on, God is seasonal. Do you know that God is seasonal? God never changes, but do you know seasons change? God is still God, but we must go with the season. If you're still wearing your winter coat in summer, what happens? You're going to die of heat exhaustion, heat stroke. If you don't wear, <laughs> you're still wearing your flip-flops and your bathing suit in wintertime, what's going to happen? You're going to freeze to death. We must go with the seasons of God. God is in a different season right now. The world's in a different season right now, but so is God. Isn't it ironic that the devil thought, hey, I can use this. I'll shut all the churches down. Churches can't operate. Meanwhile, the real Christians went into their bedrooms, and they're like, man, I've got all this time that I've always wanted to have. I'm going to pour myself into the Lord. I'm going to spend more time in the Word than I was able to. Maybe I'll even pray every day, not just on Sundays when the priest tells me to. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? The Lord's got a message for us today. Don't look at the little foundation. Don't look. The Bible says here in Haggai that it must seem like nothing right now. God's going to build something and God's going to do something. I don't even know that the world's going to notice it. It doesn't mean that, listen, and this is going to be marked. It's on a podcast. I'm not the only one saying this anyway. But just because I say that God's going to move doesn't mean it will ever be noticed. We may die and, 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 and history says that nothing changed. Even the church says nothing changed. But in the underground, Christians are just popping up out of here and there. Your prayers, you don't even realize what's happening with your prayers. It's so incredibly powerful. You don't even realize. You re do you realize that when God delivered Israel from Egypt, do you realize what actually was happening? God did an amazing, mighty move of his hand. It was his power. But do you know what it says? It says when he met with Moses that I've heard them. I heard their cries. I heard them pleading to deliver me, to deliver me from my slavery. He heard their prayers. Do you realize, and they were generations ahead. It's 400 years. There's... Being a believer and walking with Christ, I'm getting excited because it's so much bigger than we even understand. Because we look at situations, we look at circumstances. I know I say this all the time, but I think this is such practical Christianity. We look at what's going on around our lives, and we're looking for results. The whole world is a results-driven world. But in Christ, the results that we want to see, you're not going to see with human eyes. The fact that you become a Christian, I'm praying, and, and my friend becomes a Christian. His family thinks he went over the deep end, right? How many people, right, went home to your family and were like, hey, I'm a Christian. Oh, my gosh, what happened to you? 
you freak, you weirdo. Because something is now, something amazing and miraculous and eternal has just happened. Something eternal has just happened. And in this world, not only does it not look like anything, it looks like that person, which is ironic, is lost. They lost their way. They found Christ. They lost their way. They're a Christian now. They've lost it. Instead, what they want you to do is come get drunk with us, pursue the things of the world, sleep around, get into drugs. That's okay. We're going to love you. We'll accept you. We'll help you through all that. You know, the next morning, we'll give you the Tylenol. And, and like, that's, the, that's a normal but you become a Christian and you want to push those things aside and you're a freak. Am I right or am I wrong? The Lord right now is saying that he is doing something. The Holy Spirit is moving. If we don't move with him, we're going to miss it. Do you realize that an entire generation missed Christ? A whole generation just missed him. Like in the flesh. I love that we have a relationship, personal relationship with Jesus, but... I've never walked with him body to body here. And I'm so thankful that he makes me feel like he's right here body to body. I've had dreams. I've had visions of it. But I've never been like you sitting here. But Jesus walked with them in the flesh and they crucified him. In fact, they didn't just crucify him. It says that they came and they mocked him. You know, that's almost worse. I know it's not in pain wise, but it's worse. The mockery. That's the devil. Killing is one thing. I'm not saying that I, that I would say, you know, okay, you can, that, I, that if it was me feeling the pain, the mockery is worse. But in the spiritual sense, it's worse. It's the mockery. Really, the cross was mockery. And what the devil didn't realize is the Lord's winning. The devil thinks he's winning. The Lord's winning. Come on, amen? amen? The Lord was doing something. The Lord says today, it must seem like nothing at all, but now the Lord says, be strong, Zerubbabel. Be strong, Jeshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people left in the land. The people left, the remnant. This is the remnant people. This is the word from the Lord today. The ones that are left, do you realize as churches begin to open, I don't even know what that's going to look like. Don't even ask me after the service. I have no idea. But as churches begin to open, I promise you this, though. You will see a decrease, not an increase. Even going through all this, it's like no one cares. <laughs> I see it getting worse. Nobody cares. And the church is open. You mark my words. And it's not because churches have to wear masks. It is not it. But you're going to see churches go bankrupt. You're going to see churches close their doors. Meanwhile, that doesn't mean that the Lord's not moving. You're going to see more Christians. You're going to hear about more Christians in your workplace. You're going to hear about more believers amongst your, in your neighborhoods and in your families as people just suddenly turning to Christ. The real church. I'm not saying that there's, this building, I believe the Lord really blessed us here and really told us to be here in this place. I didn't even pick that. The Lord just put us here. So I'm not saying that the building is nothing. It's just not it. It's just like this life is not it, it's eternity, but it's still important that we live this life because you guys get that. Amen? It must seem like nothing, but he says right now it's a moment to be strong. He says, now get to work. 
Amen. Don't look at the nothing. Don't look at the little. Don't look. Be the remnant. Be strong. Get to work. He says, for I am with you, says the Lord. My spirit remains among you just as I promised when you came out of Egypt, so do not be afraid. You know what that really means when he's saying that? You're looking for a building, but my spirit didn't leave. You lost your building, but my spirit did not go. Come on, amen. Stop looking at the building, Zerubbabel and Jeshua. Stop looking at the building and thinking that's the church. My spirit is here. It's my spirit. That's what I promised you when I brought you out of Egypt. When I said I'd give you a promised land, it wasn't a place. It was me. You guys get that. And we know that because the New Testament says that they had tried to achieve a promised land. They just couldn't get it because it was Christ. Because it was Jesus. Verse 6 says, for this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. In just a little while, I'll begin to shake the heavens and the earth, the oceans and the dry land. I will shake all the nations. The Lord's going to shake, 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 shake. The Lord's doing it. I'm not saying the Lord is doing these things. He's doing a shaking. He's not doing the thing. Don't look. This is just a smoke screen again. It's a smoke screen. The devil's got a smoke screen, but the Lord is shaking us so that we will get what it means to be a real Christian right now. Has the Lord been shaking you to really realize what it means to be a real Christian? It's not a Sunday attendee. That's not a Christian. I, I hate to be so blunt. That's an attendee. If you attend a church, by definition, you are an attendee. But if you are the church that goes to a church, right, then we're the church. I just go to a church sometimes. It might be on a Sunday, might be on a Tuesday, whatever that time is for you to gather and to sharpen iron against iron. But when I leave, I didn't leave church. I'm still the same church that I was when I came into the building that the world calls the church. Amen. He says, I will fill this place with glory. You know, the Lord put in my heart to just start praying and praying and praying. I said, Lord, I don't even know how, and I'm not even going to try to pray how, but somehow, some way, when this thing is over, whatever that even means, you're going to be glorified. I can testify in my own personal life that the Lord's been getting more glory in my life than at this time last year with no crisis in the world the lord's been glorified in my life way more i mean i can't even explain i couldn't even get into all the details you wouldn't uh, it would take too long let's leave it that the lord's been glorified in this season come on the lord's going to get his glory darkness may be moving and doing but the light is going to shine the lord's going to be glorified he's restoring the real church everybody say god is restoring the real church he says in verse 9 the future glory of this temple will be greater everybody say the future glory will be greater than its past glory he says 
In this place, I will bring peace. It's amazing. I could go on and on there, but I know we're trying to get out of this room. But I do want to read this because I want to be obedient. The Lord says in Luke chapter 5, verse 33, One day some people said to Jesus, John the Baptist's disciples, they fast and they pray regularly. And so do the disciples of the Pharisees. Why are your disciples always eating and drinking? Jesus responded, do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. In other words, Jesus said, let me ask you a question. Do you wear a winter coat in summer? Do you wear a bathing suit in the winter? Like, you ask me a stupid question, I'm going to give you a stupid answer. Nobody's nodding. You guys are like, don't know how to answer that. You're like, this is Jesus we're talking about. But Jesus did that a lot, actually. He answered the real heart. He answered their, their, he didn't answer their question, he answered the heart behind it, which was malicious, which was pointing the finger. Come on, guys. Wow. There's a lot, the Holy Spirit's actually saying a lot of things below the surface today, too. Nobody even needs to pick up, but the Holy Spirit's saying a lot of things. That's what the devil does. The devil points his finger, the devil accuses. That's what the devil does. That's not God. Come on, these were Christian, these were God's people. It says, John the Baptist's disciples... One day, some people said to Jesus, John the Baptist's disciples fast and pray. John the Baptist's disciples, I'm sure, were really, really good people. Sure, they were very godly people. And what they were trying to do was fit what Jesus was doing now. Come on, say, Jesus is doing something now. God is doing a new thing. And they're trying to fit what God did yesterday into today. And God's like, hey, you're missing it. You're missing it, and if you're not careful, you're going to miss me completely. And in fact, they did. If you're not careful, he says, someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. So he answers their question. But then he brings it to something else. Then Jesus gave them this illustration. He said, no one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment, for the new garment would be ruined, and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. And this is amazing. If I just left it right there, there's an amazing truth there. This is an amazing sermon, which I'm just reading quickly. We're not going to have time to really pull apart. But if I just left it there, that's enough. But Luke says something else in verse 39 that needs to be read. It's not found in each of the passages uh, throughout the Gospels, but it is found here in Luke. In verse 39, it says, No one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. Other translations, you can pull up the New King James. It just says, it says, no one who drinks the old wine immediately desires new. He says the old is better. This is Jesus talking. This wasn't just, you know, some theological thought. Jesus was telling him, listen, 
John the Baptist, he was here for a purpose. And his disciples, they were here for a purpose. When I told him to preach repentance and baptize, that served a purpose. But now I'm here, okay? Everything he prophesied, everything he preached about, it's come to pass. I'm here. It's a new thing. And yes, we're going to baptize in water, but I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. You don't even understand that yet. I could tell you that, but your mind can't even understand it. And so how do I even tell you? So I'm going to answer you with this. Don't get stuck in what you think being a Christian was. Don't get stuck in what you think being the church was because that day is gone. I'm not saying to throw out the Bible. It's the word of God, actually, we're coming back to, ironically. Ironically, the church threw out the Bible a long time ago and became an organization and a function. Come on, you may, maybe you don't even know about this, but do you know how many pastors I've heard in my years, just my ears, the Lord has allowed me just to hear so many things. I've been in so many different circles throughout the years. I've just been able to hear things I probably should have never he heard. And you know how many times I've heard them say, we should just hire professionals to run the church. It'd be a lot more efficient because they don't argue. They're getting paid to do it. And, and you know this, before this shutdown, go to your you know what? Don't do your research. Just get into prayer. I'm going to do exactly what I told you not to do. But anyway, I've done it for you. Do you know how many churches, right? TJ and I have talked about this. They hired musicians who played bars and weddings on Saturdays, but they're a really good musician, and then they come and play the church on Sunday. Hired musicians. We're talking about leading people into the most holy of holies, into the presence of God. A hired musician? Do you realize what God is doing? He's tearing apart that old, stiff-necked, oh man, I'm getting angry now, because I just feel from the Holy Spirit. This stubborn, stiff-necked, man, I'm like, wow. Holy Spirit is like, for real. That wineskin, do you know it's actually love and grace? Because if you don't move with him, you know what new wineskin is? New leather is soft. It's moldable. It's flexible. I can shape it to any form I want. Old leather can't be reshaped. That's it. Can't teach an old dog new tricks. It's actually love and grace. If he pours out his new wine, and he's going to, his spirit is moving. And if you get a dose of that new wine in your old shell, and you're not willing to move or change, you will burst. It's actually love and grace that we get rid of the old and get new. It's not actually condemnation or judgment. He's not pointing a finger at us and judging us or hating the way that we did things before. It's actually love and grace. If we don't adapt and say, yes, Lord, and just get rid of everything we thought, let's just get humble before the Lord again and just erase everything we thought. We come back to the word, come back to the simplicity of Christianity and move with him into this next season, you will not make it. I promise you, you're either going to get washed into the false church, you're going to just end up joining a church and going to a building and get washed away, or you're going to walk away from Christ altogether. It's happened. Don't look at me and say that I'm saying wild claims. It has happened. I've been, have I been not saying it? I've been telling you about pastors that have been committing suicide and pastors that are walking away left and right. TJ and I, we'd be shocked. We were working together, and we were talking about another pastor who I looked up to for 20 years, just gone, just walking away. That's what happens when the Lord starts moving and you try to stay in your old ways and you're stubborn, you're stiff-necked, and it's like, well, this is what I do. You know, even a rigid Bible reading and prayer time, do you know that can even be old wineskins? 
But you're like, I'm in the Bible and I'm in prayer. Yes, but you're not moving with my spirit. You're reading that word with old theologies. You're actually reading scriptures backing up your lifestyle that's not even God. Come on, don't tell me that's not true because look at all the false religions across the world. All right, I better stop. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We just thank you, Holy Spirit, for your move today in our hearts. We just pray for a softening. Lord, if that's what you want to say to us, then, then the answer is simple. Soften our hearts. We can't do it. We can't even become new wineskins. Lord, I just pray in Jesus' name that as we all humble ourselves individually, I thank you, Lord, that we become a soft, moldable wineskin in your hands. And Lord, we're going to look to you. We're going to look ahead Thank you, Lord. You're going to do something brand new, just like you took them from religion to a relationship with you. We thank you, Lord. You're taking us from the theology of a church building to being the church, to being the church, to being your church, Christ's church. I thank you, Lord. I just pray that we'd move with you and be flexible with you. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're going to do it and you're faithful to your word in Jesus' name. Amen.